Welcome to the School of Travel's podcast. I'm your host, Becky Gillespie, and each week I bring you stories of how travel can truly change your life if you take the chance to get out on the road and step out of your comfort zone. My guests also share travel tips and lessons they've learned along the way, which I hope inspires you to let travel be your teacher. Hello, listeners, and welcome to a new episode of the School of Travel's podcast. I hope you've been having a great October wherever you may be out there in the world. I myself have been in Mexico for most of this month, and I've been meeting a lot of fellow location-independent and digital nomad workers. But last month, I had the chance to visit my friend Alex Castro in his hometown of Granada, Spain, and interview him in this really cool house where he has been over the summer filming videos for a new online guitar flamenco school that he has been working on with his friend Jaco. Before I say anything more, I should also warn you that there's a little bit of what I'd like to call rice crispy action going on in this episode regarding the sound. For my fellow Americans, do you remember those commercials where people would hold their heads up to a bowl of Rice Krispies cereal and it would be snapping, crackling, and popping? Well, it's kind of like that this week, listeners, and I do apologize, but Alex and I had such a good time with the interview that we wanted to bring it to you anyway. Next week, I do vow to do better with the sound. So, I met Alex last fall in Chiang Mai, Thailand, and in this episode, not only is Alex going to talk about his journey as a digital nomad, which he didn't really get started with until he was about four Uh, getting on the road, but he also in this episode gives us step-by-step details of how he views starting a new online venture that truly has the power to scale. Alex also gives us his take on Chiang Mai, Thailand versus Changu, Bali as places starting out as a new location independent person on the road, as well as some of the upsides and downsides that this new life constantly on the move with the digital office can bring. Finally, Alex talks about how being a musician on the road can really open up your social life and how spending time living this nomadic life, trying out different business ideas can really bring great benefits in the long run. Direct to you from Granada, Spain, here is Alex Castro. Welcome to episode 25 of the School of Travels podcast. Today, I am here with my friend, Alex Castro. Hello, Alex. Hello. Um, So Alex and I met last year in Chiang Mai, Thailand, which for those who don't know, is quite a hub for digital nomads and people that are kind of continuously traveling because it's known as um, a cheap destination with lots of interesting other nomads to meet, good food, good scenery, a lot of things to do. So I actually met Alex in a co-working space there. And Alex, as I came to find out, has a lot of experience with SEO and has had quite a journey to get to this point in becoming a full-time traveler. So maybe we should start, Alex, by you telling us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, so I started to, with the website design like 15 years ago in Barcelona City. I'm from Barcelona. And uh, then I was making websites that 15 years ago and uh, I started SEO like 10 years ago. So uh, quite a lot of time ago for SEO and then I start traveling a little bit after that I realized that I don't need to be if I do this kind of job I don't need to be in one place so I can travel and I start to make I did one one proof and I proved China 10 years ago right oh now. so you went to China how old were you when you so, went to China yeah I was 29 Okay. Already. (laughs) What did you, did you work in an office before then? Did you have a very typical kind of... Yeah, I did work in a marketing office for one year and something in Barcelona City. I learned a lot about SEO, in fact, in there. 
And then after the office, I I really wanted to travel. I my my target was when I started with the internet was was definitely travel. I, I wanted to to stop for a moment and have you explain what SEO is because some of my listeners might not actually know. So can you explain it to us? Yeah, well, it's SEO. It means search engine optimization. So that's SEO, and uh, it means that you are going to try to optimize everything to make it uh, friendly for search engines, your website, make, make your website friendly for search engines. It means that search engines, as they are looking for information, they will find uh, very structured and good information in your website. So you're supposed to be ranking high in that search engine for the keyword the people is searching for. So is that what you do now? For Is that the majority of your online income is helping people rank their websites higher in mm, search engines? Yeah, it's like uh, the, the stable money comes from there. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. Like every month money and stable money comes from there. And then I do websites. I I mean, Alice Multimedia is my the name of the company. You sometimes, make websites. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sometimes I work with uh, designers because we make handmade websites, which is quite weird right now. Mm-hmm. So we are able to do whatever you want. Or, Completely custom. Yeah, custom. Okay. So in fact, now we are going to make this kind of project that I'm going to work with a designer that I've been working for years with him, Urko. And he's going to design from the scratch something. I'm going to cut it. I'm going to uh, program the front end. And we are going to use a back end that we made ourselves. We're going to use it for for make a, a handmade website, which is quite weird nowadays. But when we still do it. make these custom websites, do, you, do people also hire you to take care of them and update them? Because I imagine if it's completely custom that it might be difficult for them to update it themselves well in fact now it's even easier oh yeah yeah the back end the back end is easier than wordpress drupal or uh, joomla or whatever it's easier for, okay. for them to because you make it easier you yeah you make it easier exactly mm-hmm. you don't need the whole thing that wordpress is using so you less is more and you do it in uh, you personalize the back end at the end and maybe they don't need to they do custom you custom customize yeah, customize but, yeah. <laughs> better like that. you they don't need that much big thing like WordPress you just need to change their news section and a couple of things more you just do a custom back end for that and then you just guide them through it when you're finished with the site and you say this is how you update it yeah I would need your help with that I would there is a kind of this call or you even go see them personally and you tell them, but normally it's nothing. It's maybe one hour or less. Yeah, it's easy. They get it's it. Yeah, online. it's easier than WordPress at the end. This this backend. Yeah. And I guess you could be anywhere to have that call and still keep the money coming in. To as you said, the stable income comes from. Yeah, then if we if you really get to make the website yourself, if we make the website with our technology, the SEO is gonna be good. Okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, because it's all built in and you're designing it as you go. Yeah, you control so. everything and the whole technology thing. So you can control the SEO very much afterwards. Can you tell the listeners what you told me yesterday? I think it was about Drupal because I'm not the most tech savvy person. Like, I've not heard of Drupal. Can you explain, like, who's using Drupal in the US? Like, you mentioned some big sites. 
And I was shocked. I was like, really? Because I know WordPress is the most common tool that people use for blogs and things worldwide. But yeah, well, it, it's like a kind of fight between the developers or who is the best and whatever. <laughs> I I like Drupal and I'm using Drupal in a website of security cameras, as I told you, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, for me, it's easier to get to the to the customize everything that I want in With the Drupal. code. Yeah. yeah, in the code. I mean, the, the core is more simple. It's definitely more simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's more simple, you can really get to in Drupal 7, you can really get to the PHP files and change anything or or program any model or something like that, you know. You can do it in WordPress. A software, a code yeah, language. yeah, you are using yeah, PHP and, and JavaScript and all that. And you can really you can really customize and also customize the security of the system. Which is quite important for, and as I told you, yeah, uh, last day I was in NASA, NASA, yeah, uh, website. It was I was charged. I have this little plug in in the in the in the Firefox tells you which is the technology of the website, and it was made in Drupal. So NASA is using Drupal. I think yeah, NASA. I don't know if everywhere, but the core, the the big website they have, it's made in Drupal. And you're saying that the Pentagon uses Drupal for their website. I, I saw it now. They can they could change it, but uh, as I know, yeah, yeah. And big big government from the United States used Drupal. Drupal, not WordPress, because as you said, it's easier to make it secure. It's also like a big project. It's for big projects and multi language work. Mm-hmm. Good. It's super big projects and it's a big project like the government states. It's big website, and it really goes. It the concurrence. So if a lot of people is watching, it's uh, going to the same same websites. Drupal uh, is very good on that. Yeah. So the big projects also work very good on Drupal. I just found that interesting when you were saying that, and just another thing people can think about trying to become specialized in if they want to start making money online. Like learn uh, about WordPress, learn about Drupal, try to maybe yeah, learn how to good, websites. That, a, that's a very good thing because Drupal is much better paid than WordPress. Oh, it's much better paid as well. Yeah. Because okay. less just, people know how to do it. Is that one reason? or Less people know it and uh, it's more specialized also. Is that D-R-U-P-A-L? Is that how you spell Drupal? D-R-U-P-A-L, exactly. Yeah. And you said it was from Belgium. It's a Belgian... It was developed in, in Brussels, I think. Okay. Well, cool. ULB. And other thing, like, just while we're on this topic, I think a lot of my listeners always, they're, they're curious, how are people making money online that you talk to and, you know, that they're able to travel continuously? So I know that you recently completed a lot of front-end work on a project here in Granada. And would you mind sharing with the listeners what project you just finished here, this musical project of a website that you are really excited about? Yeah, we it's a it's an old um, idea that I had in Barcelona ten years ago. It was the idea of copy the idea of guitartricks.com, which is a very big American website about learning guitar. Mm-hmm. But the micro-niche it, the micro-niche it? Yeah, micro-niche. Yeah, micro-niche it to flamenco guitar. Okay, so micro-niche being like make it really specific to exactly. one small thing, which is flamenco guitar. And okay. I had to do it then because the thing is after 10 years, some people start to do things. But 
I think nobody really took this idea. I mean, the ideas that other people are doing is there is a teacher that is going to teach himself, you know, some flamenco and it's not very well organized. He has some videos and it's not very well structured. So I took the idea and I looked for a very good guitarist with a music background and he went to conservatory for eight years. And uh, after some, after a while I said, we really have to do this. And he said, I really want to do this. And so we are working on this. That's also because I'm in Granada. Yeah, I know that you were traveling around Asia. Yeah. What, when did you come to Granada this year? What month? So I came in June. In June. Okay, so you came over here in June and you said you were going to start on the flamenco project. And that involved like filming a lot of him playing the flamenco guitar. Yeah, it was because you now, you, now you come now and we stopped, but it was quite crazy. We, we worked uh, like quite hard for to make the, the, the videos, the first like 25, 30 videos. Wow. Yeah. 30 videos. Okay. And we were here every day in the morning and recording. Is it beginner? Is it beginner flamenco? This is level one flamenco. Mm -hmm. Very well structured. We work a lot in the structure because the problem is uh, a lot of people say, where do I start in flamenco guitar? It's, where mm -hmm. do I start? You know, it's so complex. So we want to create a system where it's step one, step two, step three, step four and forward, you know, mm -hmm. and you go from point A to point B and you become a flamenco player and just we take you from there you take your hand and like YouTube. all the YouTube videos out there that's it then you change teachers. the style different teachers different styles what's going on mm -hmm. <laughs> and you, you had said you made beginner videos but your plan is your are you planning to make intermediate videos advanced videos like you'll have different we, levels yeah the plan the plan is even more teachers and uh do a lot of videos and levels and then not even levels falsetas which it means like little solos between the palos the rhythms we want to make all of this and we want to make a what to say we really want to make the biggest platform that's the idea mm -hmm. in the world of flamenco guitar teaching online wow when did you finish this and put up the website and have the classes actually offered when did that get finished so that's already running since kind of one month ago, yeah. Okay, because the reason right I'm now, asking is that you, I know you're already making sales, like it's exciting. You're we are making, yeah, we are doing it. Yeah. It's crazy, but yeah, it's it's already activated, which is called, I mean, you know, the sales are, we did one sale in Mexico. Oh, great. Yeah. So exciting. In Puebla, Mexico, it was very good. And we calling because we have a landing page and... In the landing page, we ask for the telephone number and the email and the name, of course, and the level the, the student has. And that's a lot of information to make a call. Mm -hmm. And when you make a call, then you can sell it. You have 80% possibilities to sell something if you make a call with this information. And just, you are good <laughs> in the call, of course. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. They click and they're showing their interest, but they haven't bought it yet. Yeah, and exactly. it's a one-time fee, you said, to get all the access to the different how to play and This is because we are in step one of the process of the whole business. And mm -hmm. we are doing it like that. We are learning a lot of the B group that is buying the first courses. Right. Okay. And then you call them and, and then you make the sale. You try to make the sale. Yeah. We, we're trying to make the sale. And uh, it's more, um, more, I mean, these days are people is subscribing last weekend. It's, 
And today it's three new subscribers, which is growing little by little. That's exciting. Yeah. And I think it's also exciting. I got to meet Jocko. And yeah. as you were telling me, he really could benefit a lot from getting the subscribers. And he's he studied for eight years at the conservatory, but he doesn't have, you know, he's a musician here. He doesn't have a lot of money. And this is a way for him and for anybody listening that if you can start to scale what you're doing, you can really make money that could change your life and i think if if this starts to work well it could change his life and your life um, yeah i mean i mean he's like playing in the street and he has some uh, shows and all that and uh he will really be very happy if it works <laughs> definitely like a family he yeah yeah, yeah. And, but he's very talented and he he started to work a lot he deserves it yeah yeah well good luck and what's the name of the site just for people listening, if they're interested in flamenco guitar, you know, you have a guitar, you can start to do the style of it, so. Uh, the site is called toflamenco.es. To, like, your. Yeah, your, oh, in okay, English, so t- it's t- in t- Spanish, so T-U, mm-hmm. T-U, toflamenco.es. E-S for Hispanic. Please subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you've got a lot of things going on, and um, that was one thing I thought was Super interesting about you when I met you last year in the co-working space is like you were, you told me like, I'm going to make this website and you were updating your own personal website, Exactly. which by the way, I think is great. Like it's, I Thanks. don't have my own yet that's named after me.com, but I think it's really helpful to have, I mean, it's so important to have a really great looking website that is your brand if people are looking to connect with you. So you were able to get that done in Chiang Mai last year. In the few months you were there, is that what you were mainly working on then? Yeah, somebody said, wow, Dengue is the best thing happened to you. Oh, yeah, I think it was Jose. Jose, are you hearing this? Uh, Jose, one of the friends, said, wow, man, Dengue is the good thing. By the way, uh, listeners, yes, it is very possible to get Dengue fever just living in Chiang Mai for however many months or weeks, like be careful when you go there, wear a lot of mosquito repellent. <laughs> I don't know. Did you get it in Chiang Mai city or did I, you go out? I and... think, I think, you know, there was a river with, yes. with a restaurant, you know, there <laughs> it was Javier. Well, you know, that some people, we weren't there, Pierre, Javier and all the, all this from Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. Spanish group. I think it was there. If it's come on, it's a river. Oh, it's I perfect guess. environment to get there. Yeah. But it's just so terrible to get dengue. I think it was there, but but you think it was like a blessing that you it wasn't a super dengue. It was a mini dengue. It's called mini dengue. There are different strains. I'm like explaining. Sorry for listeners who don't know who not never. We don't ever want you to get dengue fever, especially if you get it the the second time. Right? It could be really really hard. Yeah, they say that second and third get worse. But you're saying that because you had it, you were focused and you were calm and you were like (laughs) just working hard on your, well, I don't know how it helps. <laughs> it helps. <laughs> nah, but also, also Chamai, your determination, <laughs> and also <laughs> sometimes it helps. And also Chamai is a very good place to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really focus very much there. Yeah, can you? I did a lot of things. There, a little bit more definitely. about Chiangmai because it, it was your first time there last year when I met you. Is that right? You had not yeah. been there before, and so what? What was your impression of Chiangmai? Why do you recommend it to people if they're trying to work online and all that? So I think Chamai is a completely immersion in in the digital entrepreneurship movement, and the most important thing for me was that it was a lot, a lot of people uh, with 
ideas of entrepreneurship. I do I say it good? Entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So I, I respect everybody and if there is a lot of people that works for a company and works by the internet so they can travel the world. You know, it's for me it's another kind of digital no it's not they are not making business. They are working for a company and the company tells them you can work for, from anywhere. So they become digital nomads or wherever, you know, to just travel or whatever. Which is a, a perfectly great way. It is, be. yeah, yeah. People I, think, I think, that you have to work for yourself. Sure, but sure. You can just ask your As soon as they are happy, about, <laughs> they, do what, they do whatever, whatever, do whatever you want if you are happy, to sure. And um, the thing is, but in Chamai, there is a lot of people inter- with their own business. And that's very interesting. If you have your own, or if you want to have an own business, you want ideas of how to develop or do or or bring to another level your own business, because these people is everywhere. Right. I know that even in our co-working space, we had our friend Cam, who was a great designer. And it was great, and he did my logo. Yeah. Cam, thank you very much. He, he did my <laughs> logo. Um, yeah, and I mean, at that point, he he was your friend, so he just did it for free. Which is just unbelievable. It's true. It's true. He's so talented. He yeah. said, "You're gonna give me some tips for SEO, but I'm waiting for him. I would really want to give him tips for SEO. Come, remember that." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a real like you know ability to mix skills and and you know up level your own skills if you you know talk to the right people. And there's a lot of events too. Did you go to any entrepreneurship or or events there in Chiang Mai? Of course I did, and the events are very motivating. It's a, a lot of, about motivation, what I'm talking about. It includes the events, the community, the parties, mm-hmm. the beers, and, uh, you know, yeah, and, and, and all, the, all the environment that means Chiang Mai. Whatever you go, it's, it's a talk about... I remember, especially one day, I went to a bar. I didn't expect it. I, I had a, some meeting with, with Javier, all the people... And uh, I knew a guy from the States, and I talk about one page I have of security cameras. It was incredible how many tips he gave me. Wow. How many tips, things, put a bot. Why don't you put a bot with artificial, artificial intelligence? Why don't you, you don't use uh, what is called call tracking? I didn't know about that, call tracking. What is call tracking? It's crazy. So uh, you can use different telephone numbers to different countries. Uh, you know, you can put listeners on it. You can put automatized re- responses on these numbers. It's amazing. Yeah, so it really is completely passive. <laughs> yes, it's passive income. Yes, contacting that. Site. And then you are. I was there. Like nobody talk, talk, told me that in in Granada, no, or something near that. And that was every day. And then I have to also add in, because we had a few dinners together, because we also discovered we lived in the same apartment building. There was this <laughs> big apartment building, Huai Cal Residence. Yeah, Shout out. The beds are too hard, though, in my opinion. But there's about 400, 400 rooms in that complex. 400 rooms. I remember that, yeah. num- that number, yeah. And we had a nice restaurant across the street. And oh, the food lovely. And Chiang Mai is oh so my God. And so cheap. So cheap. So, uh, yeah, I have to say that I like the food in Chiang Mai. The food is one of the best things. Mango sticky rice. Oh, you love it. Khao soy. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, and then after that, you went to Bali, right? For, also for your first time. And I, how would you compare Chiang Mai with Bali? Because for those who don't know, it, Bali is also a very common destination for digital nomads. Like, How do you feel Bali and Chiang Mai compare? 
I will te- I will talk about my personal experience that usually when you're a nomad and you travel, I will start by that. Yeah. Talking about the country or whatever. My personal experience is this. I was more focused in Chiang Mai. Mm-hmm. I think Bali is more, it's more party. Mm-hmm. It's, mo- it's more like surfing. For me, it was more difficult to get focused there. You were also based in Changu there, right? Changu is kind of crazy. Because yeah. Changu has the surfing, whereas Ubud, yeah, Ubud more in the center doesn't have. I think it's more quiet, Ubud. Yeah. And then, but it's good. I mean, if you focus, you focus, whatever. You can focus there also. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. For me, it was that. But um, also, the weather is very humid. Uh-huh. And the weather is hard in Bali. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more easy in, in Chiang Mai, I guess. It's not that humid in Chiang Mai. Right. Sometimes the weather is important. It affects you. Thing. Yeah. And uh, in fact, my computer broke. <laughs> the keyboard broke. Too humidity in the keyboard. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, it's very humid. It's more in the south. I mean, Bali is in the Ecuador. So it's really like a very humid, very, very, very warm. But it's it's very good. Also, it's it really amazing spot for digital nomads. Yeah. Do you think Bali has that same mixing of skills and people helping each other? And I mean, I know you didn't go to every co working space on both in both locations, but mm. I think Bali is more focused on vacation. Vacation, you know what I mean? Like more tourists are there. It's the look, time? it's more touristic. Chiang Mai is definitely a normal city at mm-hmm. the end. You have locals working there, going to their jobs. Uh, there is something like a normal city for even from Europe. And that's what I felt when I was there. It's like I had this feeling that it was a city from Europe. I don't know. Some parts of Chiang Mai, Niman, mm-hmm. or uh, around Huaycao. It really looks European sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. Quite serious, quite people going to work. You know, a normal city. It, it makes you feel like more, for me, more focused. That environment than Bali, that looks, you have a beach, everybody, this looks like it's a party every night going on. And people is more like some people is just uh, going to, to the beach for uh, surfing and all that. I think it's more like it's less focused than Chiang Mai. But it, it, it depends on you. <laughs> in fact, it depends on you. You, yeah. you can also focus in Bali, definitely. Which one would you say is cheaper, Chiang Mai or Bali? Definitely Chiang Mai. Oh, okay. It's cheaper, yeah. I actually, I was thinking, I don't know what, what Bali even costs these days. I went, I've only been to Bali once, and it was, oh, seven years ago now. Said I wasn't going there for work. It was just a holiday, so. Um, okay, so Chiang Mai might be the first place to go in Asia if you're focusing on building your business up or... I think there is a lot of people, like, uh, starting their business there because they can save money. Mm-hmm. It's a good environment. It's a good internet connections. The covers are amazing. The coffee, the coffee, the internet coffees are amazing. Yeah. The community the cafes are really nice. The coffee yeah. shops and things like that. So if you don't want to join a co-working space, exactly, yeah. you don't need to pay. In fact, you don't even need to pay a co-working space. You're gonna to go to coffees, and still know people there, and there is activities and music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to go back a little bit. I want to ask you, like, so you said you were 29 when you finally decided to leave your desk job and try this nomad life. But what was it that really pushed you out there onto the road? Because, you know, 29 could be an age where you're getting pretty set in your routine. 
So I always wanted to travel, maybe from a little kid, always. I was in music before. I was making music. You you make music too. Yeah, that was really one of our connections. Is like yeah. we, you know you. I know you play the piano and the guitar. Yeah. And you play some flamenco guitar. Uh-huh. And uh, you were able to make a lot of friends that way as well in Chiang Mai. When I knew sure, you. I mean music for me is more. I socialize much more by music. You or or by because I play or or and musicians are very open people. You know normally. Mm-hmm. And they're the same anywhere. <laughs> so you were a, mu- you Whatever were a musician you, in, yeah. in uh, were you in Barcelona? I, I, yeah, I had a band and all that, and we, we were playing all that. And I wanted to travel making music, but it's hard. The music is hard, it's difficult. With money, it's not that easy. Quite unstable. Yeah, it's super unstable. unstable. You mm-hmm. Maybe today you get paid, but tomorrow you don't. You never know. You get paid in beer. Yeah. You, <laughs> but they give you actual cash. That, <laughs> but that's very cheap for them, you know, to pay you in beers. Yeah. Really. So you you get to start like, you know, when they tell you that, you know, no, I want money, you know, because I eat and I have a lot of things to I have to do things with my life and all that. And then you, you at the end, you, well, I started, I started informatics. I come back to Granada and I started and then I, I traveled again. I say I travel, but with computers, not with a guitar. Well, also with a guitar, but basically the money comes from from the computer. I mean, websites, SEO, and all that. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can make some extra money if you're busking or if you're oh sure performing on the road. Always playing, never stop. Trying to do that in Chiang Mai, and it was, and you did. Like some bars said yes, and you were able to. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. So you also mentioned to me that when you first started as a nomad. You were in Spain, and you actually just left your hometown. I guess you were in Granada, yep. and you went over to a town that's like an hour away and lived in a hostel for two months, right? And you said, I'm going to start my life really close by, but it's still going to be a nomad, like, on-the-road kind of life. So can you tell me a little bit about what you, why you decided to do it that way and, like, how it worked out? Mm, sure. It was, it's a very funny story. So I was in Granada. So I, I did try, I, I was traveling before and I was with my computer traveling, but I wasn't exactly traveling as a digital nomad in the movement, in the community, using all the environment and all that. And I was in a co-work in Granada and I was a little tired about this boring thing, co-work, come back to the house, you know, mm-hmm. a little bored. I think I look bored or something like that. And I knew a girl that she, she her name is Brit, Brit Diamond. She's from Holland. And then I come like... Her name's Diamond? Brit Diamond. Brit yeah. Diamond? Brit, Brit, yeah. Oh, Brit. <laughs> Do you know her? Do you know her? No, oh, okay. no, no. It's just a, it's an interesting name. Yeah, and then I, she comes... You know these people that come one day to the co-work? They pay one day and yeah, they disappear, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she comes and she was just in front of me and, and I say, what do you do? SEO. And I say, I do SEO. And she comes, yeah, but I have a caravan. And I was like, wow, that's that's better. SEO with a caravan looks better. Caravan. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then I asked, well, what do you do? I'm a digital nomad, and then I got to know all this. I knew a little bit, but you know, I, she. Then I, I, oh wow, what are you doing tomorrow? I want to know more about this and all that. So, and, when you, so I just want to check when she said she had a caravan, like she was living in a van. Yeah, like in a van. Europe or Spain? Okay, just what I thought. Definitely. She is still, and she was in the nomad cruise. Well, she explained me all about nomad cruise, digital nomad, the cruise, cruise. Okay. Yeah, yeah. sorry, and um, 
then I got to know what, what, what it was digital nomad. And I think two days later, I say, I take my car, you take your van, and we go. <laughs> two days later? Yeah, yeah, it was like that. Awesome. I say, I, I want to try this now. So she said, well, I'm going to the, to the beach, I don't know, to Nerja. And then I know the area because I'm local. Mm-hmm. So I show her around, and but she continued traveling because she was traveling. And I say, I'm going to stay in Nerja. And I stay in Nerja two months. And Nerja is like an hour from Granada. Yeah, it's not very far. But, yeah, it, but it's the beach. I was already doing like a rehearsing my, my digital nomad life. And I, lo- it, I love that because I think yeah. it's a great way to start if people it, it was, are afraid, yeah. you know, to go very far from their hometown when they start. They can do that. Just like go yeah. to <laughs> if you're from the U.S., you live in Atlanta. I don't know. Go to go to Orlando or something for two months in a hostel or a hotel. Sure, and try it. You know, it's sure it's true that I wasn't that far from my comfort zone. I was more near. I had my car. You know, it's my country. And all that, but it was already starting. And then I went to Tarifa, which is more far. Okay, in, in Spain. In Spain. In Spain. You and it's a very, very interesting place to be. And I stayed, and I went to a cocotera, which is a co living. Oh. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit about co living? I and mean, we've never talked about it on the show before. In <laughs> fact, it's a hostel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a hostel with a roof, and the, they put the, the co work in the roof. It's, I was expecting a little more, to tell you the truth, about that place, but it was okay, yeah. They, they had a, they had a, somebody that helped you with your business a little bit. You had a free interview with this person, so I took it. It was interesting what he said. And then I, I took a flat at the end. I took a flat because in the hostel I couldn't not sleep, to tell you the truth. So too much, just, too much just, people. Just to explain a little bit, like co-living is usually a, a kind of residence where people can live together or like share a kitchen sometimes or just at least the building. And it's typically near a co-working space or even in the same building, like you said. Um, and that's what co-living means, listeners. It's uh, You can actually try to look for these around the world. It's growing as a type of place oh, yeah, to, yeah, to stay. Growing. But I myself still have trouble finding a lot of them when I'm going around and I'll click and a lot of the websites aren't finished. It seems like somebody had an idea, but then they, yeah, didn't go through with it. But I would love to live with in the same building as some people that I want to share skills with because that's when you'll see them most often, I believe. So It, it wasn't very interesting. In fact, it, you make friends very fast because you cohabitate with them. You know, it's mm-hmm. like our daily life and you cook with them. Uh, you know, you sleep uh, in a dorm, uh, you are in the roof working. So you get to know what they do very, very, very deeply. What, what's their job and what they think and the way of life they, they have in, in mind. It's very interesting, a co-living, definitely. There's a co-living in co-working Bonsko in Bulgaria where you know that I've spent time over the summer and I've mentioned it on this podcast. The co-living there, actually, you get your own apartment with a kitchen and a bathroom to yourself. So it's not... Co-livings are not always dorms, but this one in Bulgaria is nice because the co-working is like right next door and it's very easy to access, but you get your own privacy in your own apartment and balcony and things like that. So amazing. You go to Bulgaria or I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to join that co-living. Sure. Yeah. Co-living has a lot of different configurations, I would say. Okay. So you're in Tarifa and then where did you go next? So I say, well, I did my three months of digital nomad in my own country, the most, 
Strange Digital Nomad Journey ever. <laughs> so, step by step. <laughs> yes, yeah, step by step. And then I said, okay, I'm ready to, to fly, to buy a flight to Thailand, you know, and make it like professional, right? Okay. Yeah, I did it step by step, definitely. Is that when we met? Is when you, that was right after Sharifa, like you flew over to Chiang Mai? Yeah, after that, I come back to Granada. I think I stayed like three months in Granada. Prepare. It's not easy when you are used to your comfort zone. Now, for me, it's super easy. I just bought the next flight, like, like, uh, I drink a beer. It, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's getting, it, it, everything changed. But in that period, which is not very far, like one, one year, one year or something, one year ago, yeah, it was like, wow, I, you know, I'm gonna stop the gym. <laughs> it's so silly, but stop the gym, stop the friends, and I'm gonna leave my hometown. You know, it's not easy at the beginning. Yeah, you're worried too. Like, will yeah. I find anything like that on the other side of the world? Will I have any? You're problems? a little like, uh, what am I going to do? You know, mm-hmm. is that gonna be solid or what? Yeah. And then, but after these three months, yeah, I started to think, well, it's not that hard. I think I can do it. And after, yeah, I bought the ticket to to Thailand. And it was the best thing I ever did. I know you had a lot of fun. You ended up staying a lot longer than you thought you would, too. Yeah, yeah. It was nine months at the end. And now my life is around digital nomad. I'm going to come back in, in one week. Yes, yeah. You, you told me that. You're, you're what, um, like five days from now? Six days from now? You're going to be on a flight back to Chiang Mai? So that's my advice. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have fun while doing it, yeah. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, I know that like different opportunities you, you take advantage of by going to Chiang Mai or you mentioned the Nomad Cruise, these different things where you can meet people doing the same thing as you, you can get inspired and often like double your online income or triple, you know, you don't know who you're going to meet, you don't know what ideas you're going to get. And that's really cool too. Uh, I think when, when you do what you like and you have the, the courage mm-hmm. to to achieve what is your dreams or your goals and things, you find the people you wanted to find out of your comfort zone. It's very weird, but it's like that. So if you take a plane and you face this, like you face going out from your comfort zone and uh, and you have the courage to, to do it and um, try to follow your dreams, you will find the people that will help you, help you to do it automatically. Now, I'm going to be candid with listeners. I don't know if they know or if they... I don't remember if I even said this in my very first episode, but I'm 37 now. And can you tell the listeners how old you are? I am 42. Okay, so you when you finally got over to Chiang Mai, you were 41 at that time? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so have, what did you find when you went to Chiang Mai? Did you find a lot of people your age? Because I, I think people might be interested in this, like the average age of people that you're finding in Chiang Mai or... I was the oldest. Okay. Nah, nah, not always. You have, you find different... The most of them are 20-something. Mm-hmm. The most of them are starting in a business. Especially uh, a place like Chiang Mai, right? Yeah, especially because it's cheap. Yeah. So, you know, you have people that just finished university like one year ago or two years ago or something like that. They're very young. Mm-hmm. We, had, uh, we had Pierre, a guy very young in the group, uh, but very creative, amazing. Uh, they are learning from us, but we are learning from them. It's very interesting. Right. Because they are, you know, you know, they are very near from technology. So you also learn from them. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting what's going, 
that you're going to learn from somebody who has 20, 22. And of course, he's going to learn from your experience and your solid, you know, behavior with clients, you know. They want to know this at the end. They want this. They want to know how to behave with clients, basically, how to manage a, a phone call mm-hmm. and things like that. That's Sales what, what they know. Yeah, yeah, it's not everything about technology at the end mm-hmm. or a plug-in in your, in your uh, Firefox or whatever. That's a great point, like trading technology for sales knowledge and negotiation knowledge. I don't exactly. know many 21, 22-year-olds that are fantastic at negotiation. Exactly. They're good on programming. They could be good on, on they know a lot of apps. But if you give me a, if you give them a phone, if you give them a phone and you tell them to negotiate with a, you know, a deal. Or a much older client. Maybe they're not that good or things like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Things that it's more like maturity and uh, the experience you have because so you've been 20 years doing that. Yeah, I think looking back, like it would be so beneficial for a 22 year old, even if they, I'm not telling people to not go to college, but if you just graduate from college to go over to Chiang Mai for three months, like of that, of the peak season, which I'd say is like October to January over there. Like you will learn so much, even if you're not even doing anything like yet, you can just talk to people. Now I do know that that's not always what people love is to you know, help somebody who's not even doing anything on a business. But I think just listening and being around people and attending some of the events, like you will learn so much in practical skills. Uh, but also, as you've said, you were older and you went there and I, w- I was with you in this, in the co-working space. I remember we met people older, mm-hmm. Terry, there were the photographer. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there was another guy who was with there with his wife and he was, illustrating children's books and they were i think about exactly. educations yeah. yeah so i was i was very pleasantly surprised that the range of ages was much wider the range is amazing yeah yeah i'm telling people this is for everybody this is not just for a certain group so. that's for everybody yeah. I, I also learned like that i learned in the co-works from other people 15 years ago Okay. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's how you learn. You, you yeah. And then the, the, I remember this, uh, we had a French uh, young uh, friend in the group. He was learning from everybody. He was asking all the time uh, how you do that. Uh, Alex, how SEO works. Uh, how should I do my website? I think it was one moment he did not have any money in Bali. So uh, he reached this point. And then suddenly he started to have clients and he, he was from zero to maybe, I don't know, but 2000 a month in question of days. Wow. And I saw that and mm-hmm. I, I was like, wow, <laughs> so you are so happy. You know, you yeah. see like he's learning, he's in the, in the line of, of, I have to do something, but he's learning at the speed of light. You know, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So, at the end, it worked. Yeah. It really worked. And you don't know. Maybe you're just taking all that time to absorb it. Absorbing and absorbing. You're, you're suddenly coming with some some way to make that first sale. And you're like, this really works. Like, this is possible. And I think in this day and age, with all the uncertainty out there in employment, to try, to have a lot of different things, like you talked about at the beginning of this episode, with like the different things you're involved with, the security website, the Flamenco Project, the website building, it's good to have different things and a variety of things you're into because maybe you'll start to make money from many sources 
you know, not just one. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. So that's a good. That's one. good. You can learn all those, all these different ideas when you go to a place like um, a co-working space in Chiang Mai or Bali or Bulgaria. So. Yeah, I think it's it's about that. It's very fun because at the same time you are traveling and you are learning from a different community. You are traveling in Thailand. Don't forget that it's a different culture. You have the Buddhism. You are already absorbing all this. Right. And at the same time, you're absorbing the ideas of the entrepreneurship community. It's like super interesting. It's much different than if you are staying in a boring job in your in your comfort zone it's it's completely different i think it's the comfort zone that's dangerous it's not exactly like you're not maybe dangerous is a strong word but you know wherever you are whatever city you're from it's that you're in a comfort zone it's not that that city might be not so fun or, or something but you know if you go to thailand you get the buddhism on the side which i remember when i was there i was trying different activities related to thailand like i did some of the meditation. I did a one-day course there, and I was doing some yoga that I hadn't seen offered in my hometown. I know you were doing Muay Thai. Hmm, um, but then if you change to a different co-working space in Bali, maybe you're surfing, or if you go to Bulgaria, um, in Bonsko, you're going to go hiking. So there's all these you know, extra activities that just happen because they're there, and it's easy to do them. Whereas you might not push yourself to do that in your routine life somewhere you know because i think life that life is not what they tell you that it is it's what you create and if you want a life to be more intense and more happy and do more things and be with all these people and do yoga and do muay thai and do surfing you create a life like that and it's 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 definitely more interesting than the comfort zone and i think most of the people are very happy doing that and learning a lot is very important as soon as you i think as soon as you stop learning things uh, it's not good it's not good yeah i will say like i had somebody else i think it was episode 19 alejandro um i there is a point where when you're at a co-working space in a place like bali chiang mai it is hard to grow a really big business there i would say i know a lot of people that end up basing in a big city and they stay for several years if they're building their own bigger company because you do have a transitory lifestyle of people always flowing through Thailand, the visa, they can't stay that long. Um, so that's one negative point, I would say, to basing yourself too long there. Or uh, Yeah, you have positive points and negative points like anything. Mm -hmm. And digital nomad, I would say that the, the negative also is like you lose time now when you're traveling and then now you have to look for a new co-working space, for a new gym, that's time you're losing and all that you have but the positive for me the positive things are more than the negative so at the end it's worth it for me it's not for everybody that's what i think also it's not for everybody like travel the world being a digital nomad changing each three months the city i agree with that it's too. not for everybody yeah i agree that any age could try this you can it's open to anybody but it's not for everybody mm. I, I saw people were not not in their skin you know not feeling good mm. traveling tired oh wow no it's, i don't like the food and after a while coming back home you know, yeah sometimes you're, for, yeah. you end up with an apartment that's just super noisy noisy like, you can't oh, sleep you're it's tiring sometimes it's tiring yeah. and uh, sometimes you can have like several problems at the same time 
And uh, sometimes it's too social. I sometimes find myself being too social. Like, too social. I don't allow problem. my seat time or yeah. recovery time for myself. So yeah. yeah. But um, I guess what has what has this travel that you started doing on a bigger scale? What has travel taught you in life? What has it taught you about yourself? Uh, good question. Yeah. <laughs> good song tactic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, very good. I think you learn to you you learn to know that you are very strong. Yeah, it's a good one. This yeah, that for me it's like uh, wow. You go there and sometimes you have, it's like you know that you are bigger than problems. You can be. I mean, whatever it comes, and that's very very interesting. I saw it in a lot of people. I, I'm not talking about me. Also about me, but also other people that I saw at the beginning, they were like afraid, it's going to be bad. Their behavior was like afraid. After a while, they were like lions, you know, whatever it comes, you know. Yeah, because you get, you get used to that because you, you have problems and you have to face a new language and new food and new situations. And you have to negotiate a lot with, with, you know, because you are changing your apartment and things. You have to do a lot of things. So your level of, let's say, uh, your level of uh, fighting the life is higher or something like that. I don't know if I express well. But your level of handle new things to your life and face them is very high. So you get used to that. And when you come back, when I come back to Granada... I was in a level of energy much higher than my coworkers. I felt, I feel it. Mm-hmm. I come back to my core, my comfort zone, then, and I feel like more, ah, more alive. You have all these ideas. Yeah, all these people that are and so they feel it also. They also feel it like, wow, you know, mm-hmm. what what they say. Sit down. Yeah, I want to hear it. I want to. I don't know. Let's drink a beer because you are full of energy and life. Mm-hmm. That's and great. That's great. I mean, that's something you can just. Take with you wherever you go. You and, take it with you. And those friends that you made. They're not, you know, they're very easy to contact after you first sure. make that connection. And then it's cool because you can, this can be a virus in your, in your place where you are. You are transmitting this to other people and the people is getting impregnated by that very fast. <laughs> yeah, inspired. Inspired by inspired. that. Inspired. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, my English. I'm Spanish. <laughs> impregnated. Oh my God, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I hope people aren't getting impregnated. Um, anyway, so, <laughs> um, okay. So, if you had to give any advice for somebody starting, wanting to start on this journey, what would you? What advice would you give them? If they're a little scared or not sure what they how they can start. Um, sure. If you want to become a digital nomad, first of all, uh, you have to. There is something like three points basically. That what well, point number one. Uh, I don't want what something is gonna happen to my family. Yeah, this one like wow. Mm, I don't know my grandma. I you know that. she's old. Yeah, yeah you know that. First we all do. You know yeah. I do also now. My grandma is, and then uh, you go like if I go maybe something happens and all that. And I I think that it will happen anyway. You you always can take a plane and come back very fast, but that thing will happen. Right. You're not going to change because you're going to be here or there. Yeah, it's not like you can stay at grandma's house every day waiting. Exactly. To help her or Maybe you are here, car. we are here, and I don't know, I don't want to think, but it's going to happen. Yeah. Or 
or divorce of somebody or somebody's problem in your family and friends, that's going to happen anyway. So mm -hmm. you cannot avoid it by staying in here in your comfort zone, whatever. You are not going to change that. You don't know. While you're away, you might be able to you know, lift yourself up to a level where you can help your family back home. Sure, sure. Yeah. That's very cool what you say. Yeah. Uh, maybe by leaving, you help more. Sometimes it's weird, but yeah. What about the second tip you said? Second tip is, well, uh, well you, you are afraid. Uh, basically, people is afraid. Mm -hmm. In the comfort zone, especially. So they are very afraid to go to, to break their habits, their chains, and their uh, daily life. I mean, routines are very strong. Mm -hmm. and break a routine is, I mean when you are younger it's still okay but uh, the more it ha the years go on the more difficult is break routines and I think take a plane and make a decision number it's about break these routines mm -hmm. that you have in your daily normal comfort zone life and believe me break the routine is very good yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's you, you feel happy, very happy when you break these routines that is, if it's boring, some, yeah, if it's boring, could be very good if you are okay. Mm -hmm. But if, if most of the people, I think after a while, the routines is boring. So break it, take a plane, break the routines and, and create new routines because routines exist. You're going to create, if you stay five months in Chamai, your new routines. But it's going to be different. I think it's going to be very much interesting when you create that routines there. And then uh, you learn more from people. And you have more deep, intense life and daily daily life. It's going to become like an adventure every day. Okay. That's much more interesting. And what's the third bit of advice? The third, the third should be that I think that you will learn a lot. And when you come back to your country and you come back to your daily zone comfort, you can you come back more with more uh, knowledge and it's, and you come back stronger. Awesome. And you come back, but you're gonna come back soon soon after. You you're gonna come back, but then you come back in another level. Yeah, I get. I could see from what you said about coming back to Granada that it happened with you. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me today, t telling about all of your experiences and advice. I'm sure that it's going to be very helpful for the listeners. Thank you to you, Becky. I really like your podcast. And I, in, in fact, I listen to your podcast very often. Thank you. Yeah, it's very thank you good. So much. And also, if people want to check out your website and maybe get some SEO help, what, what is the name of your website? So my the website of the company is called alexmultimedia.es. Okay, Alex Multimedia. Multimedia. And just A-L-E-X, right? Alex, okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So there is a, yeah. Great. Well, I will put that information on the website. Thanks. Yeah. Sure. And uh, thank you again. For thank you very much. I just love Alex's enthusiasm and positive spin on things that he experiences in life. Trust me, there is never a dull moment when Alex is in the room. And I hope you enjoyed my interview with him, despite the Rice crispy sound action we had going on from time to time. I think I've definitely learned from this episode about future sound control. Let's hope so anyway. Links to Alex and Jocko's Falenco School will be on the website at theschooloftravels.com, as well as Alex's personal marketing website, alexmultimedia.es. 
If you're looking for a custom design website and SEO help, or if you want to wow your friends with some flamenco guitar, do sign up for flamenco and you just might get a call from Alex himself to make the final sale. For today's travel quote, I look to Miguel Cervantes, author of the legendary Don Quixote, no doubt Spain's most famous novel. And in this classic book, he writes, Until death, it is all life. So listeners, let's get out there and live that life as best we can. Another one of my personal favorites from the book is Where There's Music, There Can Be No Evil. And I think that captures the spirit of Alex quite well. Wishing you the best of the best this week, listeners. Until next time, thank you for listening, as always. Thanks for listening to the School of Travels podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to The Sam Chase for allowing us to use their song, In a Perfect World. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode, and remember to always let travel be your teacher. If you keep your options open, there are places you will go. They will treat you like the kings and queens your parents thought you'd be when you were born. You'd see it all with your head up standing tall, and you'd look back and think it's funny how you spent your time and money.